I, I wouldn't do that. No, <laughs> write it your damn self. No, God, God, no, 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 God, no. And welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal here to suck just a little bit less every day from the brink of sanity. My name is Chris Tonkinson. <laughs> from the basement of the Ivory Tower, my name is Frank Cole. And this is episode number 101, recorded, what is it, April 4th, 2023. Yeah, yeah. So I, as we were starting the show, I, I, made, a, I made a comment and I, I twisted your brain. And so it, 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 this could be fun. So. I use one Microsoft OneDrive in the background. I also use Dropbox, um, and they OneDrive seems to eat bandwidth much more aggressively than Dropbox does, and it is so aggressive that I have to make sure before we start the show that I turn it off so that the audio for the for the show, uh, you know, the communication is solid. You know, I got a solid connection. Mm-hmm. So that it doesn't do stupid things. So that it things. doesn't do stupid things. And so I was I was complaining about that, about how, you know, Microsoft is still not as good as Dropbox. But it's also it's 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 second place. It's it's not as good, but it's good enough. And this is the Microsoft ethos. They 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 have they they are second place at everything. But because they're second place at everything, that means they're in first everywhere. Because they do everything. They have a product for literally everything. And so even if it's not the best, which it very often is not, there are very few instances where Microsoft is actually unequivocally the best in any given yeah. segment. But because they're always second or third best at all of these things all at once, it makes them a very highly attractive target. It's like they, they, have, no, see. they have no original mm-hmm. thoughts, zero original thoughts have ever come out of Microsoft. They just borrow, they beg, borrow, and steal from whatever else is going on in the marketplace, do a halfway decent job, and then eventually just overtake the market just by sheer weight because they have, yeah. well, yeah, okay, they're, they're kind of crappy at this, but they're also kind of crappy at this other thing. You know, they're kind of crappy at, at, at one drive, but they're also kind of crappy at the same time with Teams, and they're kind of crappy with Outlook and off and and word although that's that has always been my carve out i think the office package is fantastic but even that was stolen yeah. but they're still really good at it so they they you know they're they just generally they they suck but they their suckness it, it covers such a landscape that it's just impossible to ignore so they so that it's it really is like the the sum that the whole is greater than the sum of the, the parts part, yes. like that's, that is that's actually yeah. it's not necessarily what that typically means mm-hmm. but that's the reality they they suck at yep. scale but they they suck, they suck in aggregate they, they well they suck individually <laughs> in aggregate the suckness just the feels sucks. somehow just the, less painful. just the magnitude of the suck they right. it sucks and blows at the same time. <laughs> It's, it's gone from suck to blow. So anyway, you just 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 a random tidbit there about the uh, the, the the suckiness of the of the Microsofts. I so I had a I was having a conversation with somebody at the office the other day, and I have a statement that I think is going to be highly divisive, but no less true. Let's I, fight. I believe I don't know if we're going to fight. Honestly, I just think I might piss off some other people. I think <laughs> that. The microservices architecture is 
likely the most deleterious advancement that we have made in the application development space in the last 10 years. You don't mean to say that it is the biggest time waster that we have invented in a decade, do you? Because uh, I don't yes. look. That's how I we, said we, I didn't think we were going to fight. Like at some point, at some point, uh, I'm hoping to get transcripts, like automated, like whisper uh, generated transcripts. Ooh, cool. uh, but the uh, Schnazzy. diarization, is a weird problem. And so, anyway, uh, I want. I'm not going to do it myself because I'm lazy. Uh, but I, I would I like wouldn't a do that. Do no. <laughs> Write it your no. damn self. No. Oh god. my gosh. God, no. no. This is no. this is why no. God gave god us no. machines. <laughs> anyway. Exactly. So at some point we're going to be like, if this were like a, a professional operation, like, oh, we need to, mm. we need to put keywords into our speech so that we get the SEO juice. Right. And then you wind up with these weird <laughs> mental gymnastics like, oh, well, we don't want to say that Microsoft sucks or, or that microservices suck. We don't want to say out loud that microservices are deleterious. We don't want to say the words that this is the biggest time waster in a decade. We don't want to say the words that so many startups have eaten themselves because because they can't ship software because they're too focused on architectures that may be good for Netflix, but are not Yagni. You ain't going to need it. That is what you need mm -hmm. to keep in mind when you're I, I even larger enterprises. I, it, this is, this is the, I know I'm like railroading your whole thing here, but, but no, here's, no, no, this is I expected, because it's, so it's not okay. Go for it. It's all good because it's not just that microservices disserve startups and small businesses it is for the, all of it because it always you always hear these well for small businesses what but for enterprise it's, no actually it's the same mechanics all the way around the fact is that today nothing exists tomorrow you want a thing to exist and back to episode 100 right we future code for what we might need three years from now instead of delivering value to society and the marketplace. And so instead of having nothing today and something tomorrow, you've got nothing today and you've got nothing for the next six months until you finally go to production six months from now with something that's half implemented because mm -hmm. you spent so much time trying to solve problems that you are not at a scale to require. And in fact, it still holds true. Hardware is cheaper than programmers. And so all of the same argument, like it's just, you don't need it. You are not going to need it. And if you do, there's a very, I can offer a very, very, very easy prescription for anybody struggling with this decision. Just build your monolith with a service-oriented architecture. Spend one day thinking about how it would look to decompose that service-oriented monolith into microservices if and when you ever get there and build your monolith that way and then leave it to tomorrow's programmer to decompose that if and when necessary and hint 90% of cases it will never be necessary yep yep it is it, so <laughs> you did exactly what i thought you might do I, i'm you got me you triggered i'm triggered <laughs> i need a trigger sound effect on the board i don't i don't have oh you know i'm going to add that I, no i've got it i got it here's our triggered sound effect <laughs> There's your triggered sound that, effect. There yes, you go. So that's, yes. that's, there you go. He's, he's triggered folks. He's triggered. I just want to hear the goat again. I freaking love the goat. It's so epic. Love it is so goat. fantastic. Love the goat. My, my wife has a friend. We, we have a friend who's, who's got a couple of goats and she'll, she'll put videos up on, uh, has, has, she, has she put up a good goat screen? Does she have a good With goat, the goat screen? screams? Oh, they're yes. fantastic. It's so great. If, I love you, it. if you really want to just waste your time, just, and I do, and, and you do. Just, <laughs> just Google 
goats making human sounds or goats sound like humans. And you'll get all kinds of weird, they, they make sounds. It sounds like some of them sound like small children. Some of them sound like adults, nice. you know, bass, you know, you know, yeah. Deep men. It's ridiculous. It's epic. <laughs> They're so epic. So yes, I think microservices, they absolutely have their place and they even have their place in smaller companies. The problem is, so it's a running gun battle for me between first and second. So, so it's either microservice in terms of worst things for, for software development, for, for application and, and notably, you know, tech startups, but even larger companies fall for this crap too. established companies fall for this crap. It's a running gun battle for me. You've got microservices and then you have no SQL document stores. Mm. And, and I'm not sure which one, one is, has one is strictly worse than the other. You, th- you think, because I feel I, like you can really foobar yourself doing no acid compliance. What is that? You don't need that. That's <laughs> well, just, just the fact that we have just the fact that we have a declarative language so that you can have the machine do your joins for you rather than doing it in code. I mean, this is so many, I, I think, I think no SQL database, they are strictly worse than microservices. Mm-hmm. I think you're right though. I think, I think microservices have had a greater deleterious impact to getting business done because uh, it, and it, it is really easy. It is really tempting for everybody to focus on, well, we want to do the cool technology. We're, we're technologists, we're nerds, we're tinkerers. We, we do what we do because we like technology. We like gadgets. We like solving new problems and solving puzzles and figuring things out and getting things from zero to one. All of that's great. If you, when you lose focus on how you are paying your bills by solving business problems, by delivering value to market and bettering society, that is how people generate value, right? Is fixing problems in society. You, if, if you're constantly navel gazing and exclusively over the new stuff, and I, like, like I tell my teams, hey, we're going to do this new project. Uh, we're going to do it the way that we know works. Pick a thing, pick a new thing to introduce with this, right? A we singular have a minimal, new thing, yeah. We have we have minimal budget for risk in this project. We have minimal time flex on timeline. Uh, what I am doing, and maybe maybe the broader organization doesn't know, and they don't need to know that I'm going to say you can go do one new thing on this. Because if we don't if we don't push the boundary, if we never grow, if we never introduce new things, you're obsolete in five years, maybe sooner. So you have to introduce new, you have to play with it. You have to learn lessons. You have to figure out whether the next new thing is the next new thing or it's a dumb fad. Um, and so the only way you do that is by experimentation, but you cannot use every time you go into your IDE and click project new as an excuse to rethink and relitigate every decision you make in terms of producing software. That's it's just too much. It's too much for the brain to handle. That's my, well, yeah, that's, that's I, my, I, yes. I mean, abs- absolutely. But that's, I, I, I feel like, yeah, you, you don't want to, it's, it's not even, I'm not even thinking about that. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I have nothing to argue with you there. To me, it's, it's not even the, the new hotness element of it. Greenfield, like you said, we're always attracted to shiny objects. That, that right. mindset, I can almost appreciate. I, I, I can, I can meet you. You said it, you're like in a, in a new project, find one new thing to play with because that's how you learn. That's how you grow. I, so there's a, there's actually is an inherent good there in yeah. pursuing the new. That's not the piece that I really have the beef with. The piece I have the beef with is a semi-informed or uninformed decision to say, 
this is better. You know, so so actually, before we before we go any further, hey, phrasing, I'm gonna back up. Acid compliance. We're talking atom atomicity, consistency, isolation, and durability. It's the set of principles that ensure uh, database transactions are are processed appropriately, so that when you create, so if, so if I'm if I'm messing with data in a database it's, it's and an somebody else is messing with data in a database. It doesn't overlap and break crap. That's that's really what it what it means. It's, at a, it's at the academic level. term for the database is going to do what you want it and expect it to <laughs> and, do. and expect it to do. Right. OK, so so databases that I mean, that's a core component of how a database is constructed. And you have these 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 newbies in some cases or and, and in some cases, not newbies who should know better, but don't look at thing, you know, no SQL document store solutions like. CouchDB and um, uh, Mongo and, and and things like that, mm -hmm. and go. Oh, but look, I can distribute this thing, and it's so much fat. It's like screw the database. I'm just going to push that off to the side, and we're going to document store NoSQL all the things because that has all these benefits. And it that mindset of oh, this is demand. This is better. Like it's not a pro con. It's not that I, you know I get this and in exchange I do. No, this is the demonstrably better thing, and I'm just going to do but this everywhere all the time. It's that mindset. And see, that's why it's a running gun battle for me between the NoSQL and the microservices, because it's that same dumbass mindset that drives a lot of companies to, to do both of these things. And, and if you do that, in either case, you are setting yourself up for a disaster. It's a different type of disaster. One is, you know, I... I, I I'm not sure which one would be a, a bigger mess to untangle, really. But, you know, they're, they're different types of disasters, but they have the same, it's the same mindset that leads to both of them. So that's why I think about them the, the, the same way. And so, so. But, 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 but is it web scale? <laughs> I'm going to. Now, now you're. Now you're triggering me. Now you're triggering there's, me. Got there's it. a, I'll post, I'll post it in a link to the show notes for anybody that hasn't seen it. It's about 9 million years old at this point, but there's a <laughs> NSFW. It's like 10 minute video uh, about exactly what we're talking about here. And it's Mongo and it's node. It's all the things. Is it web scale? Uh, but that's, but, but you're, you're right though. And, and part of, but, but it's the analysis piece, right? So, so we mm -hmm. are agreed that you have to push the envelope. We are agreed that our job as responsible technologists is to seek out the newest technology because guess what? The fact is the new technology learned from the previous generation of technology solves for those problems and probably some new ergonomic concerns and is likely not all that not I, I don't want to say likely because uh, you get into this question about like weighted volume of new projects and it's but there's a there's a chance that there are both uh, uh, legacy problems that it solves for and um, ergonomic concerns. That it that it addresses. It makes incremental so, improvements so, to, to elevate the overall yeah, quality so, of life. Right, and so it elevates the quality of life, which means you can be more effective with your time. Right, we spent we spent a little bit of time on a while ago talking about how Rails that that the tagline at the time was Rails is a more productive web frame. Mm -hmm. It actually is. Right, that's a yeah. thing. And but the problem is we do that and we experiment with some new things on a project, and then we don't do the analysis afterwards. Right, we say look. Netflix and Google told us that microservice is the way because I saw a uh, I saw a con talk and it convinced me that this is what I need for my new project. I baked it into my next new project. Um, it was painful, but hey, it's the first time I used the technology and it was fun. And so 
there's never any, like, I don't see the discipline for somebody to go back then and say, okay, yeah, we, we tried this on the last project. Let's not just assume that that's going to be in the next project. Like, did this actually benefit us? Instead, what happens, you have this ratcheting effect where, oh yeah, that gets locked in. Next time we do project new, we're going to use that thing because it's the new thing. And we did it on the last one. And then mm -hmm. we're going to introduce a new thing and another new thing. You have this ratcheting of complexity. It's like, well, if I got to build like a line of business app today, I could still, I, I, this is going to offend a lot of people. If I need to build a line of business app today, I could still use Rails 2 and be pretty effective as a developer in delivering that value to the market. Conceptually, I, I agree with you. You run into um, uh, 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 bugs, notably security bugs and, you know, supportive no, no, I, and things I, like yeah, that. All, all the support aside, that's yes, not yes, what I'm I talking about. In terms, of pro, in terms of raw feature set, yeah, you're right. Because and I'll, the I'll space take, hasn't know, changed. It, ha like it the, hasn't. The, the problem space has not changed. And I'll, I'll change it. I'm going to take this, you know, how I love to just, to just take this right back on over to, to woodworking. A table saw today is now more effective than a table saw from 40 years ago. Now, if you get a saw stop, it's like the anti-hot hot gun, uh, hot dog machine. I, I understand there are improvements. There are iterative improvements to ergonomics and efficiency and power and all. That's fine. Carbide blades and all this. But it's still doing the same job. Right. And so, and, and that, but that analogy to like a physical tool holds that technology has not changed in a long time. And I think, I think eight years in internet terms is probably equivalent to about 40 or 50 years in, in, <laughs> internet in terms years, of tools of, dog tools of, of, of hard trade. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. I, it, it's there. You're right. Nothing, the, the problem space doesn't change. That's, a, that's actually a good point. I, I didn't even think about it that way. The, the problem space doesn't change, but we have these improvements. But I think the, the other part that, that I really hone in on is that it's not the, the, the it's that mindset. It's, it's that it's the decision-making mindset that absolutely drives me up the wall because it's this, it's this knee jerk. Oh, this is obviously better mindset that doesn't take into account. You know, you talk about incremental improvements, but in, in this case with the microservices and even the, no SQL options. It's not even just incremental improvements. You know, your table saw analogy. If I had the choice between a modern day table saw and a 40 year old table saw, all things being equal, I'm probably going to go with the modern one because it's got, like, it's got that hot dog thing. I don't need to worry about my finger getting clipped off. That's, that is a noticeable improvement. I have we not, are not, I have not lost. We are not, by the way, we're not getting paid by Saul Stop, but Big. if they want to sponsor us, I'll take their money. <laughs> We're not getting paid by evil Big Saw. <laughs> Big Saw. So it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I'm sorry. I'm like laughing at my own my own immaturity here. It's not. With the 40-year-old saw and the modern saw, you, you see that incremental improvement. Okay, I can see that this one is demonstrably better in this small way. No. I'm not making a trade-off. It's not, well, if I pick the 40-year-old saw, here's my pros and cons. And if I pick the modern one, here's my pros and cons. Now, I, I don't want to get into like how robust they make things today for you know, plastics and things like that. I'm, I'm sort of sidestepping that. My point is there isn't a trade-off. But with stuff like microservices and NoSQL, there absolutely are. These are not equivalents where this yeah. one, this is not, 
This is not like the, 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 the sales and marketing stuff that you see for every graphics card ever. Where, you know, <laughs> this one has, you know, the, the previous generation the bars has are a, so much taller. That's right. The bar is just so much taller. You know, this bar is, uh, you know, it's three centimeters tall and the new bar is, you know, 96 feet long. Like it has a fold out in the, in the magazine so that you can see how tall the bar is, you know, oh my God, how could you possibly, you know, do anything Never with mind. such a small bar? Never mind. Never mind a changing scale across the same yeah. graph. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you've got the X, Y. There's also the Z. Like, like there's there's like eight dimensions in these things. With microservices and NoSQL, you're actually making trade-offs. You're getting one thing, yes, but you're actually losing another. And usually, that other, a big piece of that other, is simplicity. And that's the piece oh, that thank most you for saying people- it. Most people don't factor that in. They don't see that as a, they don't see the, the simplicity, the cohesiveness, the, the, the ease of access. They don't properly weight the value that that brings to your work. And, and in my mind, you know, having, having, you know, smashed my head against the complexity enough, the complexity wall enough, I will take simplicity every day of the week and twice on Sundays. I you will, don't. I will wait. And, and what for we're the, talking about here, what we're talking about here, uh, you, you, you have, and and we just talked about simplicity. That you, you mean a specific thing by that. What you don't mean is the simplicity with which you can enable P 2 P, you know, Bitcoin powered. What? It, 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 no, the simplicity in development and operations. How yeah. easy is it to build? to deploy, and then to fix when broken said software. That's what we mean by simplicity here. And it's not simplicity in how easy it is for me to create the most complex part of my application. No, it's how quickly and easily and reliably you can create the other 98% of the application. Your focus, I feel like this is just 100 extended redux. You're focusing on the wrong thing. And I don't hear anybody in these conversations, you're absolutely right, Frank, I don't hear anybody talking about simplicity as a feature. As right. a benefit, even if we have the pro con discussion, simplicity and reliability are very often not on the list. They're not on the menu. Yeah, they, they are. And, and they'll even and they get pushed off the menu very quickly because of uh, new features or uh, what other sort of reasons do I hear? Thoroughness, um, making sure uh, security and uh robustness and and a a sense of completeness completeness. right this is academic this this is this one is this this system is turing complete right well great i don't care (laughs) like right simply like we're already playing lotter uh sound bites like simplicity is back on the menu boys this is (laughs) (laughs) this is this has to be a first class citizen when we talk about performance and security and ergonomics and all that kind of stuff that's all you know we gotta we gotta take care of the business there um yeah. But simplicity, man, how often, I mean, how much time do you spend? Oh, well, you know, we're going to, I mean, I have this discussion a lot. We say, okay, what's the right tool for the job? That, that actually can be its own whole discussion. So we say, all right, we, no, have, it is. Yeah. we have three applications. We need to build a fourth. What are we going to use to build the fourth? Uh, if you're just like an indie developer with side projects, you do it however you want. Nobody cares, right? Uh, if you're a business, if you're in an organization, if you have a team or teams supporting these products, well, then what have you used your before? definition. You're exactly your definition has to change, right? So what is the right tool for the job? Not the only factor, but one factor that needs to creep in is simplicity. Another factor that isn't the only, but needs to sneak in there is what is everything else written in? Why does that matter? Well, that's that's actually another dimension of simplicity. 
to me. Like, but it is, and it's 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 extending the definition of simplicity, right? So, so what is what is uh, the why why does it matter, right? So we have three things that are written in Python. We're going to write this next one in Go. Well, why is Go the best tool for the job? Well, because it's more if it compiles efficiently, it runs efficiently, it has better packages for this problem or that problem, whatever. And it's like, okay, well, that's that's fine, but from a hiring standpoint, now I got to look for people with Go expertise next time I have to hire, rather than just keeping everything in what language did I use? Ruby, Python, whatever it was that I said before. Uh, yeah. Rather than keeping homogeneity, homogeneity in in the stack at team scale is a feature and it is part of simplicity so you don't mm -hmm. have nine different build chains and three different pipelines and four different artifact mechanisms to produce your business right and so the code itself if if you make this decision to stick with the the sta the standard stack that you already know depending on the new problem that you're trying to solve maybe that code stack is not the ideal setup for that particular problem and so that that would be that would be non-simplistic but you're taking into account, I have the, I have all these tools in place. I have all this infrastructure in place. I have the staff that yeah. knows this stuff. That's that is a simplicity argument, and that has yeah. that should have weight and value. Now, you know, in this example, that's how it worked out. But there are situations where the none of these things is a binary. You know, we do not work. Engineers love to think in black and white. We love to think this is right and this is wrong. But absolutely none of the things not, that we knew. We, it's always sliding scale for us. That's really how yeah, we it should do. be. We need to start some new hashtags. We need to talk about non-binary software development because that's really <laughs> like there is. God. You're right, though. It's not. It I think is, that's not going to get is, us the audience that we want. I don't think that that's that's where we want to go. I don't think those. It's, it's not. <laughs> it's all. But the, well, the joke is all all, saw, all software development is binary, right? I mean, it gets compiled down to zeros and ones. So right, right. Um, and and then, it was a hidden bad joke. I had to work too hard. No, for it. no, no I actually, no, I actually liked it. Yeah, here, <laughs> I'll give it to you belatedly. I actually, actually wait a minute. It was pretty no, good. The, <laughs> I thought it was good. These no, no, but legitimately, these new quantum systems—they are technically non-binary computers. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So I mean, so but but you're right. It's it's not. None of these choices are like strictly better than. None of it's strictly worse than. It's it, there's not. It, it is. It, it, a, it is a spectrum of it's possibility and. Yeah, and there are about a hundred different weighting factors. And to be honest with you, from one discussion to the next, the weight of each of those factors can change. You know, it really is a context-dependent discussion. And yeah. I think that's kind of what you're getting at here is that like your scope is too net. You're looking at it too narrowly. There's more to be concerned about here than just which which front-end framework is Turing complete. It, that doesn't matter. Doesn't no matter. No, you, I mean you. You have to you know, pick the thing that solves the problem, but you 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 want to keep overall your life sane and simple. And your life is not just the code and its elegant simplicity. It's also the processes around it and yeah. the relative simplicity it is to support and maintain them. So again, so we, we go all the way back to you know where I started with the with the microservices. Microservices, super cool. I mean, very cool. But let's let's be honest. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we zoomed way out there, but we can focus right. back in. But micro, I mean, like, props to microservices for being conceptually very cool. Like, it, it is it is really neat to take your idea of okay, I don't just have this application. I've got these little individual applications, and because now, like, we built for a, for a, a 
uh, for an employer, we, we framed out a whole microservices architecture that allowed them to blow out their, their service offering in a, manil- in a menagerie of ways that they had never even considered before. So it is cool. It is really cool stuff. But you, the, the, the complexity cost that you pick up for doing that, I mean, you have to, you'll only use that tool if it's the right tool, if it's the only tool. And I'd say, and I'm usually an 80, 20 guy on this one. I'm kind of in like the 95% camp. Most of the time you don't need this tool. This is not necessary. What you need most times is not microservices. You just need an API interface into your monolith. That's really what you need is just, you know, some API endpoints that your monolith supports. And you're kind of probably good, I'd say, in most cases. And Uh, I can give you some real world feedback of things that I have heard, like in actual practice. uh, One of the one of the pieces of pushback that I have heard um, somebody were, uh, you know, designing a new designing a new system said, hey, microservice sounds like the way to go. We have we have several different domain bounded processes that need to operate in coordination and there are different interfaces that need access to those in different constellations okay you could be forgiven for saying look we have different domain bounded processes so there are different services so let's just do the microservice thing here okay right if you have a pattern if you haven't established it like that there's there you could go that way we said well but hang on this is going to take you more time uh, if you want to do it the microservice way, there are certain dependencies, there are certain requirements um, that need to be met in order to do this, right? There are new tooling that we need to introduce, not just for building, but also for deployment and then visibility, I'm sorry, observability uh, and, and troubleshooting once we're in production. Um, you know, it is it is a more meaningful conversation. And so what we, what I recommend, and I said this, like what, what I recommend is you build this as a monolith SOA, right? It's going to get you to market faster. It's not going to include all of this unnecessary complexity. And then knowing that our end goal may be microservices, we build the SOA with that in mind. We don't incur much of a penalty on writing the stuff in the first place, but then we leave the door open for ourselves back to the highway ramp analogy. We leave the space, we leave the real estate for ourselves to decompose it later if and when we need to. Mm -hmm. You know what the response was back? The response was, well, I don't trust the development team to keep the hygiene, the discipline necessary to develop that SOA without taking shortcuts because the whole thing is all in VS code loaded at once. Like it's one, it's one solution in Visual Studio, even if it's different projects. And so I don't trust the team not to have the discipline to not take shortcuts that'll make it much more difficult or impossible to decompose later. Hold I, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. That, so. that face right there, my friend, that face right there. <laughs> I was like, well, then, like, you got, like, you got some other problems yeah, here, Yeah, you got bro. some other problems. So hold on a second. So let's play this out. You, you, you don't trust them to, to, to structure the application properly. You don't trust hold, your developers to you write software. You don't It's really what your, that came down to. Yeah, well, right. I mean, you could go there, but actually I want to play this out even even in a in a different direction sort of turn this back on the little, little argument jujitsu here. Okay, so you don't trust them to construct the application properly. So you're going to take the one application. You're going to break and this into five. microservices. So you're going to 5x your don't trust the don't trust the developers to build it properly. So rather than having one application that might not be built properly. You now have five that aren't built properly. And how is this helping you? 
And five <laughs> is not equal to one plus one plus one plus one plus one, right? Complexity-wise, because Correct. there are other tools and processes and, and workflows and systems and patterns, architectural paradigms that we've got to observe in order to make the microservice work in the first place. And the team doesn't have any experience with those. So you're taking the team that you can't trust to build an SOA cleanly and then introducing a bunch of complexity just to get to a microservice when there's no clear indication that a monolith will fail in this operational yeah. mode. Yeah, there's and no if proof. it does, the way that we're building this, this monolith could scale horizontally and vertically because that's the advantage of a monolith. It can scale vertically. The advantage of doing it this way is that no matter which way we build it of these two paths, it's going to be capable of scaling horizontally. So explain to me exactly why they actually need to be microservices with all of the taxes associated with that. And let's just walk through that for a second. So first of all, uh, API first design and development. That is good. That is like that is a capital G. That's that is a, good a net thing. good. You should yeah, that's be, a good. If you're developing web tech, you need to be developing API first. Now, I'll give you some credit if you say, yeah, but these APIs are never going to be consumed by our clients directly, right? They're internal only. You maybe take some shortcuts. You don't have to polish it as well. There are some things that you get to you know get by on or take cheat codes. That's fine. However, however, yes, however. How often does the thing that we think is just going to be internal somehow magically find its way? Oh, this actually this has is, some use for customers. And so you have this to is, think about that a little bit. This but. is where we come up with the term productuction, right? Well, yeah. It's a prototype that is now in production. Mm -hmm. um, so so you've got you've got APIs that you need to have a higher level of discipline and attention and more time paid to your APIs if you're going to do the microservice way. Uh, then you've got your front ends. How do you architect uh, your and how do you build your front ends? Are we doing micro front end for back end? Are we like what is the actual architecture of the front end? Because I guarantee you that has implications on how you're writing your your JavaScript or TypeScript or whatever it is, yeah. not just the back end uh, code. Then you've got observability. Right. It's hard enough if you're in an enterprise uh, as large as mine is, you've got dedicated teams for security, for support services, for infrastructure, for all of these different for database administration, for application development support. It is difficult enough to gather the information you need to find a failure when you're in an incident call without with a monolith, you have one process running in one thing on one server, and sometimes it can be a challenge to correlate all of the logs. Now we need to implement two ends of an observability matrix where you have to, and an open telemetry makes this a lot easier than it used to be, but still you have to plug that into your project. And you actually have to get your project instrumented so that it can be monitored by a central thing. Then you've got to set up and deploy and manage and own that central thing and make sure that works so that you can have visibility of a request from end to end, right? So you have one request that comes in from the WAN. Maybe it moves east to west a couple of times, bounces off a few services. You know, your one request comes in and then it generates, say, two or three subsequent requests that go to other services. And then that gets the response back and, and sends it up uh, north-south. Okay, well, that's like four or five different request response cycles that need to be tied together. So we need to add headers. We need to track those across. Observability, the same thing at the infrastructure. I mean, there are so many things. I just, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to stop mm -hmm. myself from continuing to go up, but there are so many things you have to account for. And you're going to tell me that all of this is achievable by the team that can't write an SOA. <laughs> that you don't trust to write a consistently clean single application. I mean, forget uh, the SOA. It's just, a hard sell. Yeah, yeah it's I, a hard sell. I just, yeah, that, that, I mean, you know, that's a, you know, that dog won't hunt because it's, it, it's it, logically, it just doesn't make sense. And so that to me, if that's actually what they said, I, the, there's a, there's a different problem 
under the hood there that needs to be uncovered. Now, it could be that there is actually a problem with the team or its processes or the leadership or something like that. Or it's the, you know, you move into the the human side of it and it's just the interactions and the interplay between this person who's pushing for this this microservices and and their engagement with that team and that, you know, there's some kind of distrust there or something like that. Who knows? I don't, but, but tech, tech ain't it. Tech's not where that, um, tech's not where that problem lives. So, um, yeah. Yeah, The microservice thing is, as a little, I'll tell you what though, I do have, uh, if, if you're okay with microservices, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do. There is, uh, I have a developer. I actually have a junior developer now that's actually been really productive for me. Um, and cool. this is this is great. I recommend this to I recommend this to everybody. Just just uh, just hire your own junior developer to implement like low level code. It can make life so much easier. Um, that's a lot more approachable than people think. Um, so that's that's my that's my pick for the week is really just go hire a junior dev just as a personal assistant. Um, and if it's not obvious at this point where this conversation is going, I'm talking about chat GPT. Um, so I have been using, <laughs> I actually went up signing up for their pro. It's like 20 bucks a month. Um, I gave it a shot. Um, so it guarantees better availability. Um, and now you have access to like newer models and stuff, which I don't, that's fine. I'll use them if, since they're available, but it's really the availability. Um, Cause I found myself trying to use it and like, Oh, we're too busy, you know, Cloudflare or whatever. Um, I tell you what, though, I can give you a couple of examples where, like, I have had, to, and I'm not, I'm not on the keys nine to five anymore, right? I'm mostly, I'm in Outlook and Zoom, right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tool these days, right? Um, yeah, these days. <laughs> there was a case where one of my business stakeholders, uh, there was a CSV export from one of our systems, and it had like four and a half million lines in the CSV, and stakeholder says, uh, by the way, we're traveling to a client site. We are at the client site. It's like eleven o'clock in the hotel lobby. And tomorrow morning at eight, we need to show up and I need, uh, I need like Excel pivot graphs for this, but Excel won't import a file over a million lines. Mm -hmm. I need help, Chris. So I dialed up my junior developer and I said, write me a bash script to take this CSV file, break it into smaller CSV files of no more than 900,000 lines each retaining the headers. First shot. (laughs) First shot, it worked flawlessly. For, like I, I, it it worked perfectly. First, uh, wow. the, the other one uh, that I did a little more recently, uh, I had cause to do some analysis of some of our source code repositories at, at the enterprise level. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got some stuff in, you know, GitHub and GitLab and Bitbucket and all this. You know, there's different repositories and um, and so for each one of those, uh, I said, okay, we're you know take uh, take GitHub for example. I uh, said, so, you know, we may have 200 repositories in GitHub, right? How do, I, I'm not, I'm not going to manually clone all of those repositories just to run some analysis. So I mm-hmm. asked my junior developer, use the GitHub API to clone every repository in the organization and then run these analyses on there, like counting lines of code and, and commit frequency and that kind of stuff. A little bit of tweaking I had to do because the, uh, our organization uses MFA, and so you have to use a, a token that's author or whatever. Right. Once I, I prompt engineered two or three loops to get through that, worked perfectly. It used the API, grabbed a list of all the repositories, cloned each one into the subfolders as I had described, and then ran the analysis and spit me out a CSV that I opened with Excel. Done. Job done. Um, wow. Cool. I, it is... 
Uh, and I'm rec- I'm actually, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm actually going to be arguing. Um, I've asked once and kind of dropped the ball on it, but I'm, I'm going to be arguing for, for money. I want to be able to give my developers, uh, a stipend to say, look, sign up, get, get you a, a chat GPT or a co-pilot, like get you a license for an AI assistant, because I think we finally, like, I think we're finally at a point where it is actually a meaningful accelerant. You can ask it to translate. So if you're doing like a, like a lift and shift of like a legacy project, Mm-hmm. Um, Python two to Python three, or like, you know, uh, there, there are a bunch of an infinite number of use cases beyond just having it write you a cover letter so that you can leave me sooner. Um, <laughs> that it really, it really can be copilot was garbage when it came out, but these tools are now like meaningful accelerants. I think anybody, if you are paying cancel, cancel, whatever you have, cancel prime or Netflix or if you don't have 20 bucks a month, cancel something and, and push it through here. <laughs> like I no, I promise you, your productivity will increase markedly. It really does change. It's not putting anybody out of a job, um, but that's my report from the grad. I think I may have talked about this a couple of months ago. Um, you talked about it a little bit that you had played with it. You weren't using it yeah. in, in, in such a concrete, um, in such a concrete fashion, but yeah. yeah. No, That's it's, cool. and I have been, I've been more intentional and I save when I, when I use it, when I invoke it and get good, any results, when I actually invoke it to do some work, I save in a, in a, in a set of files, like, Hey, here's what I, here's, here was my prompt. Here's what it told me. And here are notes, right? Did it work on the first try that I have to prompt engineer, you know, any, any thoughts that I have at the time so that I can go back and look and say like, look, these are all the things it did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can kind of quantify like this. Is yeah, the you're time building the, yeah. You're building the use case for, for why yeah. your, uh, your company um, should actually support the stipend. Huge. That is my, that is, that is my pick for the week uh, is really like a pro license. I guess a co-pilot GPT, some kind of generative AI junior dev get you one. Cause it's meaningful. Super augmented, silent and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this. All right. I, I have only played with it. I have not done anything with it. Uh, I, I think I probably, yeah, maybe I should check it out. Maybe I should check it out. Next time I'm tinkering around with that, I may just I may just punt some things. Like, hey, write write write, write me a Ruby class that does this. Just a C, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I'm thinking yeah, of a couple things off the top work. of my head that I could probably use it for right now, personal and professional. Um, just to be a tr- just to be a troll. Okay, just to be a troll. Uh, this was like end of December, beginning of January. Uh, I was chatting. <laughs> chatting with my boss and um i threatened i was like dude i legitimate i was having a busy day and he was asking me questions not that he was asking me incorrectly even if he was i wouldn't have told my boss like go screw yourself but uh he was talking to me and i was like all right so i just need to figure i just give me a minute boss like i gotta go figure out how to pipe skype's output into chat gpt's input and vice versa so that it can deal with you because i don't have time for this right now (laughs) he's like And then he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we still need to work on the uh, like the the KPIs for next year. And I said, OK, great. Let me I, I know I have that on my to, on my to do list. I literally went into ChatGPT. I was like, write my 2022 KRAs. And then I pasted it in there. <laughs> I didn't say anything. about. It. He's like, well, yeah, but like, can you color this in a little bit? Like it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically what he thought when he saw you do that. 
so it was close. It was close enough that he was like, he he said, "Oh yeah, flesh it out a little bit more." But but this is close. There there were some there were some clues that it was not a thoughtful list, but it was like nothing in there was wrong. It right. was stuff like like increase revenue by twenty percent, decrease the defect rate by whatever, uh, the onboard new people more smoothly. Like it was all that kind of stuff, and I was right. like. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. It, it spit me out like ten or twelve things, um, uh, but it, it was it was funny. And then I went in. Uh, I I posted in, in in our group chat, and I was like, "Oh hey, uh, by the way, this is this is what ChatGPT says we should do this year. So go ahead and get that to me by Monday." Yeah, I got some laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Very cool. Okay, uh, I did not know. Um, I only loosely follow the ChatGPT sagas. And so I did not know that they actually had a a premium subscription that gets you to the front of the line to to speed up the uh, performance. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I think, might check that out. I might check that out. Yeah, you get like I said, you get access. I guess GPT four has been integrated now. I, I they say it's better. I don't know whether or if or how it's better. I don't. I don't. Mm. I'm not into it that much. Um, yeah. they're, they're all good. Uh, I use it because I have access to it now. Um, and then the big thing, though, is is you get you get you get priority in line uh, when they're under load because uh, it's it's gotten to the point now where I I may actually agree to get things for people that I otherwise wouldn't because I know I can offload some of the implementation or or, mm. or busy work like this breaking up the Excel file or or downloading all the repos and running a line of code count or whatever the other thing is that I need to do like it's so easy to just shove a bash script into WSL and have the thing work in the background for a few minutes while I go and do more important work mm -hmm. um, that it's actually changed kind of changed how I delegate things. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah. So this is, uh, this is my, if you're watching it from the sideline, you're curious, you don't know if it's worth it. Try to like, like try. And I, a, a copilot is, is a copilot is based on GPT. Um, the same model, the same underlying model. Um, I don't know if there's like a free version for Copilot or you have to pay, but GPT, you can trial it. I would, I would encourage you. That's, that's why I'm bringing it up as, as a general encouragement. If you've just been watching from the sidelines, try to treat it like your junior dev and, and throw some work at it. Okay. Um, I'd be curious if you, if you come back and say, yeah, it worked or it didn't work or here's what I'm, my findings. I could um, definitely, I, I can definitely make use of this, not just because of the programming junior dev angle of it, but a lot of the work that I'm doing, like you, I'm not hands-on keys. But I've actually shifted a little bit into into product definition and development, and so mo a lot of my stuff is not technical explicitly. Anyway, a lot of it's just yeah. writing and ideation and and things like that. And so this, yeah, that that could um, that could help quite a bit. So and you you can do the fun stuff too. You know, write me a cover letter. Uh, oh yeah, of course. You know, as Thomas the Tank, or you know, like you can do all sorts of, but you can do the um, fun stuff. Yeah, the sure. codes, but but day to day the code stuff, and any like lot, it's going to fail a logic test. Uh, it's not meant for that. It is a language model, and so programming mm -hmm. hello is language. Mm -hmm. um, it it mm -hmm. tends to work pretty well. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's that's really neat. I um, and where where do I go for just where do I go to get this? I will poke at it right now. Uh, you go, go to ch chat.openai.com. Openai.com. And then mm -hmm. I can get the uh, sign up. And then there's probably like a premium version or something here. Cool. Yep. Nice. All right. I will, uh, I will check that out. I think that, uh, I think we should make the, um, 
the transformer sound effect. That's our chat GPT sound. So if, we, if it comes it. up again. Yep. All right. Chat GPT, go do stuff. I'm into it. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. I do not have an ask the internet today. Do you? I, I did mm. not happen to grab one before we got started today. I, I have uh, two that are on deck. I do, however, I will say this as a bit of a tease. I have come across a whole bunch of things on the video side of the fence that I would love to respond to. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm seeing a bunch of stuff in, in that vein, good and bad, where I, you know, mm-hmm. that I want to, uh, that I think we could, you know, we could mouth off about for, for a half hour. So um, yeah. definitely, definitely looking forward to getting our, our, our audio game uh, in place. Although that means I'm going to have to send you stuff in advance, isn't it? Because you're going to have to tee it up to actually put it into the video. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I can I can set if if it's like if it's like a link, I can set it up to where that's not you know five minutes notice would be fine. True, um, true. If it's okay. more than that, then yeah. If it's something you have to prep, then that adds lead time. But mm-hmm. um, if it's just a link, I can I can get those queued up. Cool. Um, yeah, I have two I have two ATIs, but one one aged like milk, and one was pulled by the author. So ah, um, it happens. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll come back to that later. Why don't we just, uh, we ran long last week. Uh, we're a few, a few minutes earlier. That's all right. We can wrap it up right there. That's two, fine. Two good, yeah. two good topics. Microservices suck. Don't do that. I mean, they're awesome, but they suck for you. That's what, that's what it is. They yeah, suck for you. That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. I, I think over the course of that conversation, I think I, I think I definitively have microservices in the first place tier and then the no sequels in in second uh i think you sold me when you did your whole rundown of the the comms that need to happen and and mm. managing it and that immediately got me back to oh right service mesh you got to think about service mesh and that's a again cool but man but a lot what a, it's it is a lot. lot it's a lot <laughs> you, 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 know? you really need a lot there so what do you all think Anyone using uh, service mesh microservices and says that we're completely full of crap, we'd love to hear from you. Feedback at refactor.work is where you can reach out to us. Uh, if you want to get our show notes back catalog, we may be into the triple digits. There's actually a hundred other episodes. You can check out lots of good stuff there. All that is available at our website, refactored.work. If you want to hear more from me, although admittedly not as often as this show, you can check me out at hotcoles, K-O-E-H-L-S.com. You can check out Chris's writing at tonkinson.com. And this has been episode 101 of the Refactor Podcast recorded on April 4th, 2023. Always a pleasure, Chris. Thanks, Frank. <laughs>